many of you have ever listened to a song and uh, later on, sometime, maybe the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, and all of a sudden, pow, that song just comes right into your mind and you can't get it out and it just keeps going and over. I, I heard a song uh, that dealt about sinners and the importance of getting ready. The Lord's coming. Judgment day is coming. Time is running out. It's time you made a decision. And the last few weeks, that song just keeps coming back and coming back. Uh, does that happen to you? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful that all of the songs that come back to us are glorifying the Lord? And that we could remember those songs and whether you whistle or you hum or you sing, you could praise the Lord going back over those songs. And so we give God the glory. I guess from the songs that we sang tonight, you probably know the subject that we're going to be preaching on. Is that right? What do you think the theme of the message is tonight? What songs did we sing? You folks are not paying attention. <laughs> I caught you sleeping during the song, sir. We sang the solid rock. Name of Jesus. As you, as you go back and think about the songs we sang tonight, they're all praising our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is so important for us to remember that he's number one. He needs to be number one in your heart. He needs to be number one in your home. He needs to be number one in his church. We should always exalt him. Especially when we go through difficult times, when we go through trans transitions in life. You know, it's not easy to change. It's not easy to accept change. Some people do well, some people struggle, and some people just avoid with all efforts. But, you know, when, when God does things in our life, on our trip we made... Uh, through uh, the south and then back up into the Carolinas and then back down south. Uh, a door closed for us to be able to go over into Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge and Cereville and, and just take in some of that uh, entertainment and shops and so forth. It was our heart's desire to go there. But as we tried to get a campsite, there wasn't one within a hundred miles and uh, little did we think about if you're going to make a trip you better plan it <laughs> you better find out if you got a place you can stay so we couldn't and so I told her I said let's go back to your home with your family and let's spend this last week we have with them and enjoy their fellowship and we did have a great time and God was good but during that process we found out that her sister-in-law was very ill in intensive care and she passed away with cancer. And they asked me to preach the funeral. And so I, I knew that God put us there, placed us at that time for a purpose. You know, God has purposes for our life. And if we will just listen to him, if we would just be willing to obey him, we can find that God puts us in the place that we can be best used to glorify him.
And so wherever it is we are, there are people that need the Lord. We, I love that song, People Need the Lord. This week I had the privilege of visiting with an elderly lady in the hospital, and, uh, and, and she's a neighbor to uh, some of our church family. And uh, I was called and asked to go visit her and talk to her about her salvation. This lady was on tubes and different things and couldn't talk, but she is alert. She was alert, and uh, she could squeeze my hand. And it was my privilege to take her through the scriptures and to lead her to Christ. This family in our church has been praying for their neighbor. You praying for your neighbors? You know, we're going to get an opportunity, but we better not wait too long because sometimes by the time we get there, and that's what happened with our Shirley's sister-in-law, when she, uh, she told her son, she only had one son, a daughter had passed away, her husband had passed away, and she told her son, swore him to secrecy not to tell anybody that she was ill. Now, that was her personal preference. She had a reason for doing it, and, and I, I'm not going to question that. But by the time we found out, we were uh, just right at the end. And we were all getting ready one morning to go visit her in the hospital. And uh, we got a call early in the morning. She had passed away. So we didn't get to visit with her. And uh, that was sad in our part. But uh, we thank the Lord that she was a Christian. And uh, her son told me two things that she was doing at the last of her life here on earth. One was she was praying to the Lord. And two, she was calling for her mother. And I thought, you know what? When we get in trouble and when we get in difficult situations, many times I want my mama. I've seen my sons do that. I want my mama. And uh, I'm grateful that we can love our mothers while they're here on earth and spend time with them. But thinking about transitions, there's some things that we have to go through in life that are unpleasant, some things that are very pleasant. And when we look at those things, no one here can have joy when you're told that you're fired. You, got, you don't have a job. That's a tough one, isn't it? You're going to wonder, what am I going to do? That's a transition in your life. It's a difficulty. Or what about if you're told that someone you love has passed away and one of our church members, and I will not name the church member, uh, came to our house and we spent some time together, Shirley and I, with her and her husband, and she was brokenhearted over the fact that her coworker did not show up to work on Monday or Tuesday. She tried her best to call because she'd become a good friend. You know, we don't have too many friends in this world, do we? Honestly. I mean people that we're really close to, that we just seem to bond. It's like a brother or sister, uh, you know, or something like that, to where we just, we appreciate them, love them. And uh, when, when she got a call on Tuesday, it was the fact that her friend had collapsed and died of a heart attack. And it was said that when she died, she was sitting at her desk. This is wonderful, folks. 
not that she died, but, but, but when she died, she had two Bibles open and she was doing her Bible study. What a way to go. Man, we'd like to choose that, wouldn't we? Oh, just let me get in a rocking chair and just rock my way on the way to heaven. That, that'd be great, wouldn't it? But you know, we don't have that privilege sometimes in transition of life. And there are many things that uh, really we struggle with. What do we do with that struggle? How do we overcome? Well, you do it with the Lord, amen? amen. You gotta put the things in your life that are bothering you, that are troubling you, that are hurting you. You gotta give those things to the Lord because he commands you to do that. In Matthew chapter 11, in verses 28 through 30, I believe it is, where he says, come unto me, all ye that labor. And uh, we, we have an invitation from the Lord to take our problems to him. But sometimes we don't do that, do we? Sometimes we just latch up and close the door and turn off the light and hope that nobody comes around. We just can't seem to face life sometimes. So there's all kinds of things that, that are difficult for us. Our church is going through a transition. And we've been going through the transition since December the 30th of last year. And it's been hard for some of you. It's been difficult. And for some of you, you've, you've been strong and you've been able to uh, look for the positive and what, what's ahead, what God is doing. And, uh, and yet some have not been able to face that. And they've, they've had a struggle with that. But I want you to know, Hillside Baptist Church is going forward. God is blessing our church in, a, in such a great way. And we need to praise his holy name every day. Now in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, I have taken up more time in the introduction that I'd planned. But I was letting the Lord lead that part of it. I hope I'm letting it lead the whole part. But especially that what I said earlier. But in Hebrews chapter 1, we have a writer who has written to the Hebrew Christians. And he is trying to help them make the transition of their Christianity. You know, when you live in the world or you live in a religion and you're indoctrinated in that and you have been taught that by your parents, you have been taught that by... Uh, the church, and all of those things are there with you. And yet when you find Christ, Christ said those things have to be left behind. What did the Hebrew Jews need to do? They needed to learn that Christianity is different than Judaism. They had been raised in the law and ceremony. They had had the high priest do offerings for them. They had gone through a lot of commands of things that they needed to do for that cleansing of the sin for that year. And now, the, and by the way, we have, uh, in the book of Hebrews, we have a book that starts with an essay or a sermon, and it ends with a, like a letter. And we don't, we don't have a, there's not a clear uh, presentation of who the writer is. But I don't know about your Bible, 
but in my Bible, it says, just before we start reading the text, the epistle of Paul, the apostle to Hebrews. And it's, it's the main belief that we believe that Paul wrote this letter. Some want to say that Apollos may have written it, Barnabas may have written it, Peter may have written it. There are people that will question it. But what, the one thing is, this is the word of God. And, and God could have used 10 people to write it. But God gave it to us this way. And we are to accept his word by faith. Amen? We're not to question his word. We're not to debate his word. We're not to argue over his word. We're to proclaim it. We are to share it. We are to live it day by day. Now, in chapter 1, we want to see that the Hebrews... As going through this transition, and the writer of Hebrews wants them to understand why they followed Christ. What is different about Christianity than other religions of the world? Now, I want you to think about this. Even those religions that claim to be Christian, you know, everybody can tack a word on their church, everybody can tack a word on their life. But that doesn't mean that they're truly born again and doesn't mean that they're following the doctrines of God. It just means that they have chosen a way to go and they pick and choose what they want. And, and God's word is not like a supermarket. I don't like broccoli, so I'm passing that up. I'm going straight down there for the sweet pe peaches or maybe that watermelon. I like watermelon, don't you? Uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But w when we take in physical food, we have to eat a variety of food if we're going to be healthy. Amen? We've got to eat a variety. You just can't live off of ice cream all the time. Come on. You know, some people, if they didn't have a soda in their hand, they would just collapse and die. And if they keep drinking them, they might do that quicker than they want. Now, I drink sodas a little, once in a while. Is a diabetic supposed to have a soda unless it's a diet soda? I hate diet soda. I can't stand the taste of it. So I take a risk every once in a while. Like I did at dinner today. I got me a root beer. And I enjoyed it. I don't know why I went that way, but I'm getting off that track right now. <laughs> now we find that the Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 1. Now I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you at the beginning. But I'm going to try to share as much as I can in the time frame that we have. By, by just seeing some things that, that was given in Hebrews to help all of us transition to whatever God has for us or whatever he wants us to do. This book of Hebrews, it's a, it's a book of encouragement. It's a book of exhortation. It's a book of stern warning. And I'm glad that God not only gives us the things that we're happy about and we're, we're rejoicing with, and it's kind of like when, when something good happens to you, you, you praise the Lord. Boy, the Lord was in that. He's been good. I praise his name. But what when something bad happens? What happened? Did God change or did we change our attitude about it? You know, whether something good or bad happens to you, you must remember that God is always good. Jesus Christ is always good. And what he gives us in life is always good. And sometimes the things that come in our life that we don't like in transition and difficulty, we think, God, I don't want this. 
Isn't that what Paul said when he asked the Lord to take the thorn in his flesh away? And what did God say? My grace is sufficient. You see, God's not going to always take the problem out of your life, but he's going to have the grace that you'll be able to deal with whatever that is you're facing. And so we see here that the letter of the Hebrews is given to these Christians, and it's to inform them about Jesus and their Christian faith. And so as we begin to look here, and these Hebrews who struggle, remember that in the Old Testament, they had the law of Moses for 1,400 years. They had followed the commandments of the laws of the Old Testament. Now Christ has come, and he's freed them from the law. He has given them grace. He has shown them his love. He reveals his love by the sacrifice of himself. And he wants them to see how much better they are in this Christianity than they were in that law. Now, by the way, some churches practice the Old Testament. Can you give me one? I'm sorry? Seventh-day Adventists. They worship on Saturday, the Sabbath. We worship on Sunday, the first day of the week. Why? Jesus arose. We serve a living Savior. We're not going back there and, and be under the bondage of law. Jesus fulfilled the law. He gave us the grace. He allowed us to, 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 to live in this uh, life as not having to go through ceremony. Wouldn't it be bad if you had to get up in the morning and go find you a, uh, uh, an animal that was qualified for the sacrifice and go on over to the temple and have them slay it and put it on the altar and sprinkle the blood and all of the things that they had to do? And uh, so we find their faith in Christianity was stripped because of this uh, uh, the, the ceremonial law and rituals. And we find that uh, for the Jews, this was a, a difficult transition. Why? Because number one, their parents had taught them all their life. That was commanded in the Old Testament. Don't let this pass a generation. Be sure that you teach this to your children's children. And you continue to teach it. And they continue to remember their responsibilities. So they had been taught this all their life. And it was an attack upon their parents because their parents had, had taught them this. And now there's something different. And so we find that um, the, the attack came upon Judaism itself. And we find that this tra transition was difficult. But look at verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he hath, met, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things, by the word of his power, when he had by himself 
purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. There is no greater name. There is no greater name on this earth. One day every tongue will confess, every knee will bow at the name Jesus. There's no more powerful uh, effect of the Word of God than to mention Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who gave us eternal life through His death and sacrifice. And uh, so we find that if we do not keep this before ourselves, before our loved ones, before our family, before our friends, before our co-workers, before our, our fellow Christians in church, if we do not uphold this name, if we do not remember to praise this name and lift up his name continually and, and uh, do what God told us, there's that chance that one could slip away and slip back into something else. Have you ever heard of a Baptist who got saved in a Baptist church? Uh, they weren't Baptists, they were lost, but they got saved in a Baptist church and they uh, made the profession of faith. They went through the bab baptistry and they spent years in church learning the truth. And then one day, someone call, comes along with a, a lollipop of false doctrine and tries to say, try this. And the next thing you know, they are slipping away. They're getting into something else. Now, kind of think about this. What if you had been raised all of your life as a Mormon and you found Jesus Christ as your Savior? And it was very difficult for you to transition away from that that you heard all your life. And that, sometimes we have to think about this, folks. When a person gets saved, they start from zero scratch. They start at the very bottom. Don't expect them to give you memorization of Scripture because they probably can't even find the books of the Bible. How do I know that? By experience. And, uh, but, but they've got to begin somewhere. And we've got to love them. Uh, I have some uh, house wrens on my back patio. Does everybody know what a house wren is? It's a little bird about that, that long. Little bitty small bird. Not as small as a, a, a hummingbird, but he's a small bird. And uh, I've got some on my back porch, and, and uh, they've got the biggest mouth of any bird I've ever heard. There are mornings when they just carry on, and I want to go out there and whack them in the head and say, wait till I get awake. Wait till I get up. And, uh, but I noticed when they nest in the gourd that hangs right, uh, not, but just about that far from my glass sliding door, and they start hatching out those, hatching out those uh, uh, little bitty birds, and uh, mom and daddy's in a dead run, flying back and forth, back and forth. But I noticed when they hatch those little ones out, they come back with little bugs, little small things, and they start feeding them, and they feed them. 
And pretty soon you see him coming with something a little bigger. Here one day a mom comes with a worm hanging out that long. I go, wow, that kid in there is going to get a throat full. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I've noticed that as the, as the parents feed, they do a cleaning of the house, as they do. And, uh, and then I noticed that as they give them more and more food and they grow more and more, the, the parents do not fly in and go inside and shake it all up and do that. They come right to the door or, or the little hole and they, they're right there. And those little birds have gotten big enough. They know, hey, mom and dad's hanging around at the door. They got something. Let's get up there. And they climb up and sure enough, you see their little heads. And one day, the mother says, or the dad says, you know what? We fed you long enough. Now you need to get out and learn to eat on your own. You see, all of us are growing in Christ. Amen? These Hebrews had to grow. They had to understand. They had to know what was taking place. And uh, so we find there was a warning in chapter 2 and verse 1 where it says, Therefore, meaning what has been said thus far, there's something you need to remember. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Somebody says that I can be a Christian and not be in church. Well, you, you probably can do that. But what Christian would not, would not want to come to church? Jesus put it in our heart to love him. He died for the church. You're not going to get fed by the world. You're not going to go out there and nurture your spiritual life. Uh, you need it in the church. My purpose of being here is to worship the Lord. My, person here, my purpose of being here is to love God and do whatever I can for Him because of what He did for me. And so we find the, the fact that some Christians can slip back into the world. But I want to remind you uh, of the things that we have in Christ tonight. Time is not going to permit me to do all of what I want to do, but I hope what I do will be what you need tonight. So I want us to remember Psalms 119 and verse 105. Now somebody here has memorized that. Who is it? Who knows what that verse is? Come on, don't be bashful. Don't be ashamed of the word. Psalms 119 verse 105. Okay, I'll have to read it. You thought I was going to quote it, didn't you? No, it says, The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Through Jesus Christ, we have the word of God. These Hebrews did not have a Bible. We have the complete canon of God. He's preserved it for us for this generation. We don't have to have prophets today, although you will hear some people say, prophet so-and-so. Let me tell you, there, there's nothing to prophesy. It's all here. It's given to us, and we just need to read it, study it, and follow it obediently. And there's some people that say, I saw an angel. I talked to an angel. Okay, maybe you think you did, but I don't need an angel. I've got the Word of God. I've got the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we, we respect 
that the Old Testament saint loved the prophets. And there's nothing wrong with that. And how important it is for us in the New Testament to love the Lord Jesus Christ and to live for him and see him do great mighty things in our life. But we find that uh, we have the Holy Spirit, not just the Word of God. Well, why did the Spirit come? John 16, 13, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, I like that, don't you? The Word of God is truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. You realize how it all connects? Some people say, well, the Lord spoke to me and said this or that. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, that wasn't the Lord speaking to you. He is never going to tell you anything different than what is written in the Word. He's never going to guide you in a way without knowing that you can go to the Word of God and see this is the way, walk ye in it. So we find that the Word of God leads us, and in Hebrews, uh, I mean, excuse me, in John 16, 13, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm going to send you a comforter. And I'm glad that when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit of God. And we have the Word of God in us uh, through the Spirit of God. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit, He guides us. Which way do I go? Here, go this way. Isn't that the way the Lord wanted you to go? He says it in His Word. You know, some people come ask you, you think it, God would be all right if I do this or that? Well, ask yourself the question, what does the Bible say? You want, to, you want to come to the preacher and ask him a question, and you want to hear an answer that you'll be at peace with. You may not get the answer you want. I remember there was a time when we had a man that saved in our church, and, and he got baptized, and he was on fire for the Lord, and, and he served and became a deacon and all those things. And uh, uh, it came a day when he came to me and says, do you think it would be all right if I just go back down and have a, a visit with my buddies. I'd like to see if I can lead them to Christ. I said, well, what your buddies doing? Well, they're drinking down there, but I won't drink. I'll drink tea. But what, what that did was, and, and I, I've told people, and you've told people, don't do this because you're not going to change them, but they are going to change you. You need to stay on holy ground. You need to stay firm in your faith. And you need to not have a problem of dealing with someone and saying, you're going to straighten them out. I've heard people say, I'll stra- I love them, but I'll straighten them. They've got a few bad problems. Listen, you won't straighten them out, but you better pray God will straighten them out. Because if you've got, if you've got a husband and you've got a wife, and one is saved and one's not, you've got problems. Because one wants to go out in the world and the other wants to go to church. There's a difference. But we find here that we have the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, in verses 4 through 8, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name uh, than they, for unto which of the angels said he, any time thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. And again, I will 
be to him a father, and he be to me a son. And again, uh, when he bringeth in the first begotten unto the world, he saith, let all the angels of God worship him. And the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness and the scepter of thy kingdom. How precious that the Lord shows us that prophets were for a period and time, and that time has passed. The angels are servants of God. They are not God. They're ministering spirits. But he turns them to Jesus and reminds them how much better you have the Lord Jesus Christ. How much better that you have him. And you should be praising him and lifting him up. Why? Because Jesus Christ in John chapter 1, I mean, excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 10, he is the creator. It reminds us of in that verse. And then you go down a little further, and in verses 11 and 12, it tells us he is the eternal one. He said that there's going to come a time when, like an old garment, folding it up and putting it away, that's the way we are when we come to end of life, isn't it? We, we, just, we just put off the flesh, and we put on that righteous robe when we go to heaven. I'm glad that God provided the cover for our sins in his presence. Because I can tell you, there'd be some people that'd be awful bad if they would come before the Lord naked. All the things that are happened on their body or what they've done to it. I'm glad that the holy, righteous robe of God covers us. Now, not only is he everlasting and he's the creator, uh, he will never change. Boy, have I changed over the years. We were back home and, and uh, Shirley's brother, that's a special needs person, he has a, a, just a library of books with pictures in them of all of our family. And he had to bring them out one at a time for us to see. He, wanted, he didn't want to say, he didn't want to hear us say, no, no, that's enough. No, you look at these pictures. And we did. And we laughed about some of them. Because, was that me? Was that really me? Did I look like that? Did I dress like that? Oh boy, I'm thankful the Lord has changed my life. But we had a lot of fun. But our Lord never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He will exist on throughout eternity. And we will, as his children, be with him throughout eternity. And uh, he's God's son. Verses 13 14 tell us that. He's God's son. His only begotten son. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. We need to remember that. Jesus at all points was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. 
Can you remember the first time you were tempted to do something? Think back. Can you remember the first time you were thought to do something that wasn't right? Did you steal a cookie out of the cookie jar? Did you take that pencil from someone at school? Oh, was that your money in that little bank, or did you take some of that? You know, we don't have to have anyone teach us about doing wrong. It's in our human nature. We don't. And it's in our human nature to choose. Uh, you don't have, you didn't, while you were in school or while you were at home, did you have a book that said, uh, I want to teach you how not to sin or, or how to sin? <laughs> you don't have to teach people how to sin. They know how to do it. But we have to teach people how to live for the Savior. And as a Christian, there are things that we should never be doing. And sometimes we find Christians involved in all sorts of evils and things in the world, and they wonder why they have so many problems. Get out of that place. Get over here in this place. Why? Because this is where God said he wants you to be. And this is where God pours his blessings out from heaven. Now, do you want to stand out there and just get whooped up and beat up all the time? Or do you want to get over here and be obedient? We have an everlasting Father. And we're so thankful that we have a God that loves us. And we have a Savior. What a Savior he is. Once I was straying in sin's dark valley... No hope within could I see. They searched throughout heaven and found a Savior to save a poor lost soul like me. Death's chilly waters till soon be crossing. His hand would lead me safe o'er. I'll join the chorus in the bright city and sing up there forevermore. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. His heart was broken in Calvary. His hands were nailed and scarred. His side was riven. He gave his life, blood, for you and me to be forgiven. How wonderful today that we have a Savior that loves us and he wants to, us to follow him. You know, what is the purpose of the Christian life? It's to be more like Christ. We ought to be growing every day. You know what? If you're not growing, there's something wrong. If you have a child and a child is, they, they, mark, they mark and measure the distance of growth and what's supposed to be doing with the child. And if your child is underneath that and they want to find out why is this child not growing? Our son, Gary. When he was born, he was born with a condition called a reflux. It was the tubes between his kidneys and his bladder, and they were crimped and closed, pretty much almost. And the doctor put him on uh, very strong sulfur. We had him in the hospital a number of times. They had to put IVs in his head, right up in here, or on top of his head. They couldn't get IVs anywhere else in him. And... Uh, uh, he had to go through that for two and a half years as those things were answered by prayer. And when we uh, 
we felt a call to come to Springfield to go Bible college, and we knew that we had to deal with this. The doctor said, he's going to be all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We just trust the Lord. We just walk with him by faith. But Jesus wants to make a difference in our lives, and we must understand who he is and what he does for you and I.